السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ انکتالسزم there's an understanding that they call original sin it's an understanding that man when he comes into this world is in a fallen state and the only way he can arise from this fallen state is through the grace of God in Bauer's explanation we are all born with karma arrogance and illusion karma is the imprinting on us in the embryo of the faults of our parents maya is the illusory state that we exist in because of its permanent nature in our belief system that it is not a permanent nature and arrogance is what comes out of karma and maya and the belief in the self that the self can and the self will and the self must well from that comes desire deceit um, an infatuation with things a maliciousness and and a constant attempt to separate ourselves out of the rest of humanity or as the Beatles said I me mine I me mine I me mine and so we are constantly trying to set up differences and from that comes bigotry uh, from that come the wars that we watch the world enter into uh, from that become established caste systems racial inequality all of the things that try to say I am better than you I'm better than you because of my race I'm better than you because of my religion I'm better than you because of my nationality I'm better than you because of my language I'm better than you because I am closer to God than you are well this constant focus on the self and trying to separate the self from its surroundings and somehow make it great is the fallen state it has nothing to do with what happened before it does because we're connected to it but it has to do with the state that we're involved in right now so what's the solution to I me mine what's the solution to I'm better than you are what's the solution to separating ourselves so that we somehow stand out what's the solution 
to the constant need for praise and the constant avoidance of pain. What's the solution to the blood ties that tie us to our familial um, ancestors and our familial brethren as opposed to the rest of humanity which we separate from us? How do we begin to counteract this difficulty that has been inbred in us? And how do we move towards the glory that is Allah and the glory that is the qualities of Allah? Well, we all have heard about the solution, but we all need to be reminded about it. We all need to refocus on that which brings us back into focus towards reality. And you could say that that's Sufi meditation. And Sufi meditation is the silent zikr. La ilaha illallah. It's interesting that in Shariat Islam, in a lot of the uh, form sects of Islam, in a lot of the sects that separate themselves in Islam, La ilaha illallah is translated as Allah is the only God and there is no other God but Allah. Which means my God is the right God and your God isn't and they're different. Well, since Islam is monotheistic, since Christianity is monotheistic, since Judaism is monotheistic, there is a agreement within the monotheistic religions there's only one God. Now, to try to separate that God off is a bizarre manifestation of the delusion that fanaticism brings on. For instance, in uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh, they are constantly running into situations where they are trying to stop Christians from using the name Allah for God. As if Islam somehow owns the name Allah. And if you use it in another religion, you're somehow misrepresenting God. Well, the way we learned about La ilaha illallah is that it is a negation of the self and a proclamation that we are part of the illusory nature of existence and all that truly exists is God. And what this does, if we continually proclaim the negation of the self, then we automatically proclaim the negation of differences. If I don't exist, how can I be different than you? 
If I don't exist, how can my religion be different than yours? If I don't exist, how can my race be different than yours? If I don't exist, how can my nationality be different than yours? But it's very hard to live your life in the world and not exist at the same time. Because we are constantly put into situations where we have to uh, exist. Where we have to do. uh, Where we have to somehow make ourselves noticed and felt and proclaim uh, for our rights. I mean, Bawa didn't exist, but we saw him. He didn't exist, but he talked to us. He didn't exist, but he explained to us the nature of our own non-existence. He didn't exist, but he told us what problems we were having and how they would be solved by moving towards non-existence. He explained to us the nature of duality and how if we saw ourselves as one and the rest of the world as something else, the rest of humanity as something else, we were separating ourselves from the truth because the truth is one. The truth is not dualistic. Why? Because God is one. Allahu Ahad. God is one. So, if God is one, then dualism is outside of the realm of God. And if we believe in dual natures, if we believe in the duality of men, if we believe in differences between men, we are denying that God is one. So, what he said to us was, There is this breath exercise that you can do. And what you do is you say, La ilaha, with the outgoing breath in the left left nostril. And you say, Il alahu, as you take the breath in, in the right nostril. So with every exhale, you say, I do not exist. And with every inhale you say, only God exists. And he says that you have the opportunity to do this something like 42,000 times a day, which is uh, once with every in-breath and once with every out-breath and once with every out-breath and once with every in-breath. So when we were first there, his advice to us was, do this all day long. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. And people would ask questions like, how can I do it all day long? And, and do everything else I had to do. And his response was something like, when you drive a car, do you think about driving the car after you've learned how to drive? You just get in the car and drive it. And the rest of your existence goes on as a layer on top of driving. And the recitation of the Kalima is supposed to go on as the sub-layer of your entire 
existence. It's there all the time, and then everything goes on top of that. Now, imagine if the sub-layer of your existence is la ilaha illallah as opposed to arrogance. Imagine if the sub-layer of your existence is la ilaha illallah as opposed to desire. Imagine if the sublayer of your existence is I do not exist, only God exists, as opposed to envy, as opposed to maliciousness, as opposed to separation, as opposed to all the qualities that don't belong to God. What's it do? It makes it harder for those things when they attack you to stick to you. If envy is part of your sublayer, then when something comes along that you can be envious of, it sticks to you. If desire is part of your sublayer, and something comes along that you want that's illusory, it still sticks to you. And you form a, halu- a, a, a delusion that insists that it's real. Because there's a part of you that wants it to be real. And this creation of delusions that you want to be real is a kind of insisting, even as opposed to all of apparent evidence, that your own mind's hallucinations are the truth as opposed to what is self-evident as the truth. So once again, you separate yourself. And this is how religions become fanatic. This is how Wall Street becomes fanatic. This is how hedge funds become fanatic. This is how whatever phase you may be in becomes fanatic after it takes itself to a certain state. It's not good enough that you can do whatever you want. Everybody else has to acknowledge that what you're doing is okay and the appropriate way. So, all of a sudden, we tie ourselves back into praise and blame And all of the things that run with praise and blame. Fame. Wealth. Power. All of these things become the sub-layer of our existence. We have to eradicate that sub-layer and replace it. Well, what what replaces it? La ilaha illallah. But it doesn't happen in a minute. It takes work. So, we have to repeat it 42,300 times a day. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. And continue to go on doing what we're doing. And you've all seen how a drop of water falling in a rock will eventually wear away the rock. In the same way, the kalima repeated over and over and over will wear away whatever sub-layer we are working with. Whatever need our egocentric, dualistic self 
has imposed on us. For some people it's religion. For some people it's fame. For some people it's acknowledgement. For some people it's to feel loved by others. For some people it is a need. What kind of need? Whatever kind of need each individual has. And individuals have an untold number of different kinds of needs. And so what we need to do away with is every need except the need to know Allah. That's the only need that we should be left with. Now, we already know about needs because we have them spread out all over the place. So is there a way for us to concentrate our understanding of needs and point it towards God? And point it towards needing that thing that saves us and understanding how it saves us. And how it saves us is by doing away with every other need. Because every need in the world causes diseases of the heart. Causes difficulties within the heart. Causes us to be pushed away from the truth. And as we get pushed away from the truth, we enter into difficulty. The need becomes our life. And the things that we love in the world will be what destroy us in the world. The only love that will not have destruction is the love of Allah. Because the love of Allah gives back grace. The love of Allah gives back truth. The love of Allah gives back compassion. The love of Allah gives back peace. It returns qualities that repair the diseases of the heart. It returns qualities that take away all of the illnesses that need imposes. And if you don't recognize, then think about your life. Because part of what we're instructed to do is know ourselves. So, to know ourselves, we have to know our needs. What are our needs? And what do they do to us? What are our needs? And how do they affect us? What does the chase to somehow bring to fruition our needs do to our being? How does it harm us? How does it hurt us? How does it upset our life? How does it go outside of the purview of what's right and wrong? How does it throw our life out of kilter? How does it make it impossible for us to find an equilibrium with ourselves? The people who sit on a psychiatrist's couch try to talk through the conundrum of their lack of ease and their lack of being within a comfortable place in their existence. And they do it by trying to talk through their life to find out the situations that caused the needs, as if you could somehow unravel those needs. You can't unravel them. 
you can just wave them out. And you have to understand that the needs become the problem. Not how you got them, not when you got them, not where you got them. And in God's psychology, these needs get flushed away and you begin to believe that they're not part of your psyche. They're not part of the truth. But that requires a change in belief systems, not in delving into where the needs came from. So once you bring about an entire change in belief system and you truly hold on to it, you can bring yourself to a new place. And the way to do it is to do away with the duality of existence. La ilaha illallah. I do not exist. Only God exists. I do not exist. Only God exists. And continue to be able to function in the world because God put us here. Or as Bawa said, make believe you believe in the world. But don't believe in the world. Make believe you believe in the world, but don't believe in the world. Believe in God. Most of us believe in the world and make believe we believe in God. And in order to keep up our appearances, we talk about God and we, we, we mouth the words about belief in God. But do we really believe in God? If we really believed in God, would we be fearful? If we really believed in God, would we have difficulty believing that our problems would be resolved? If we really believed in God, would we really think that our problems are problems? Or would we see them as just obstacles in our path to believing in God. We need a reformation of our own thought process. We need to be cleansed of all of our old belief systems. And we have to know that all is in perfection. And we float in perfection. Our only problem is we don't know how to look at perfection. We don't know how to find perfection. We keep pushing ourselves away for it because we think there's something better around the corner and we never allow ourselves to reside within perfection. So, we need to understand that we have a base layer of arrogance, karma, and maya. And we build our life on this base layer. Now, what is going to come out of that? If arrogance, karma, and maya are your base layer, what are going to be the layers of your life? So, this base layer has to be removed. And it's removed through the kalima. So, God gave us this difficulty, and he gave us the cure for the difficulty. So, we have to become involved with the cure. We know the problem. 
Now we have to know the cure. And then, did you take your medicine this week? You have to use the cure. Every time you go to the doctor, they say, how proficient are you in taking your medicine? How many times do you skip a day? How many times do you skip a week? Well, this is the medicine. The, we know what the problem is, and we know what the medicine is. So we all have to take our medicine, and we have to become conscious of la ilaha illallah, but not conscious of it for 15 minutes on Sunday. We have to become conscious of it as often and as frequently as we possibly can. Every time we are conscious of something else, we should say, Oh, la ilaha illallah. And we have to become proficient at it. And in that proficiency, and in becoming totally conscious of that, we will save our souls and get to know our souls. That's how they get saved, by getting to know them. And you get to know them through the constant insistence that that's all that exists. May that become our way, and may it become easy for all of us, and may Allah allow us victory in this work. Amin, amin, ya Rabbi